Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. I'll tell you, I am so excited about this series that we're doing on characteristics of a heaven-sent revival. And I cannot emphasize enough how desperately America, Canada, and probably the nation where you are residing is in such desperate need of what I call a heaven-sent revival. Not something, not a religious excitement that is worked up from below, but something that comes down that is sent from God out of heaven. Just like on the day of Pentecost, when they were all together in one place with one accord, the Bible says there came a sound from heaven. Wow. And then there were tongues of fire that sat upon each of them. And then they began to speak with other tongues. So this was this was a heaven-sent work of the Holy Spirit. And from there, the church of Jesus Christ exploded and began to spread from there throughout the earth. And uh, down through down through the years, down through history, and the the uh, succeeding two thousand years, uh, God has sent heaven sent revivals. Uh, in response to the sincere prayers of his people. And so this is our series, The Characteristics of a Heaven-Sent Revival. Uh, Such revivals always come in answer to prayer. Prayer, a certain kind of prayer, not just a formal prayer, not just a prayer from from the neck up, but but sincere prayer from the heart uh, has always been a characteristic of heaven sent revival. So for the next, I don't know, a few days, we're, we're talking about uh, characteristics of revival praying. We're going to talk about the character of, of prayers that bring revival. And last week, we were talking about prayer that is intent and uh, intense prayer. And of course, the uh, synonyms for that is prayer that is in earnest, it's passionate. It's fervent. It is sincere. It is prayer that is prayed out of the heart. You know, the first time I remember praying a prayer like this, I was, I think I was seven years old, and my family had just moved back to uh, Oklahoma. Wow. You know, my, my parents grew up uh, along the, on both sides of the border of Northeast Texas and uh, Southeast Oklahoma. And uh, so we had moved, been in California for about three years. We moved back to Oklahoma, and my dad became very sick. Now, I'm only seven years old, but I still remember he he he, he couldn't get out of bed. It was a, a very serious virus flu of some sort, and, uh, and, and, and my dad was a hard worker. He was a very vital person, and, uh, but he was sick for, for days. And, uh, and and couldn't get out of bed day or night. And I remember one night uh, he was talking to my mother and, uh, and, and she was talking to him. And uh, I understand what he said was, you know, something's got to be done or I'm not going to be here, uh, you know, <laughs> much longer through the night. I'm, going to, I'm not going to make it. And I still remember hearing the concern and the fear in my mother's voice as she called me and my three older brothers around the bed to pray. And uh, I was a very shy kid, but that night, I, I still remember it. It's been it's been over 
It's been about almost 70 years ago, but I still remember how I lifted up my voice in prayer. Uh, man, I wasn't quiet, and, and the rest of us weren't quiet either. We were praying prayers out of our hearts, sincere, passionate, fervent prayers. We were crying out to God. And you know what? I still remember it. Almost like yesterday, there was an immediate change. <laughs> he immediately started feeling better. The the recovery began, and I I remember I still remember just a few minutes just a few minutes later, my mother said to all of us, "He's going to be okay," and he was and lived for many many years after that. Well, that's what I call a intense prayer, sincere prayer. Uh, there is a a word, I believe all of our prayers, and as we showed uh, in, the, in the last episode talking about this, such a prayer does not have to be loud. It can be very quiet. We showed uh, the example of Hannah in the Old Testament, how she prayed an intense, fervent prayer, but only her lips moved. There was no sound, and yet God heard her prayers. So never judge a prayer how sincere it is by the decibel level. Uh, a loud prayer may not be an intense, sincere prayer. It may just, uh, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, he talked about a, uh, a loud gong and flinging cymbals. Uh, and that's how a lot of times our religious verbiage is. We just make a whole lot of noise. But, uh, but prayer that is prayed out of the heart sincerely, passionate, and even desperate, God hears those prayers. And uh, there is a, a word that I think that expresses this very well. It's the word cry. Uh, there's a passage in the Psalm that says that the cry, uh, that the, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ear is open to their cry. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and he's open to their cry. And that word cry, it means to shriek out in desperation, like a, a person who is drowning, who has fallen overboard. And they can't swim. And, uh, you know, they don't say, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, would you throw me a, a, a lifesaver or a life jacket? No, no, they cry out. They shriek, help, help, me help. And uh, this is the kind of prayer that is expressed here, that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ear is open to their cry. Yes, he's going to come to help when he hears the cry and the shriek for help of his children. David said, I have my Bible open to it right here, Psalm 34, 6. David said, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. This poor man cried out. He shrieked out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Yes, there, there is a prayer that is sincere out of the heart. We cry out to him and God responds. This would describe the prayers that Jonathan Edwards, whom we would not consider a great preacher because he wrote out his sermons and then read them word for word, standing behind the pulpit without ever moving or making any physical gestures, uh, without raising or lowering his voice, but just in a, a flat, monotone voice, he read his sermons. But yet, in response to his fervent, sincere prayers, 
a great awakening came to New England. And, and when it came, he described it like this. He said, the entire town seemed to be full of the presence of God. But his prayer, now, I suspect that he probably prayed like he preached, that his prayers were not boisterous and loud and so on. And he was a congregationalist. He, he was part of the congregational churches in, in, uh, in New England, but he had a passionate heart towards God and longing for real revival and the restoration of real New Testament Christianity. But it was said that, that, that before the Great Awakening, that for days, uh, uh, even for weeks, maybe for months, that he was so intent on revival and his heart was so stretched out that he had to see revival, that his prayer was, God, give me New England or let me die. Give God, give me New England or let me die. Send revival or take me out. I don't want to live if we're not going to see New England restored to life and, and, and people's lives changed and transformed for good. And so this is this is the this is a characteristic of the kind of prayer that brings revival. And I pray that God will raise up intercessors in this hour. Even those who are listening to this podcast, God will raise up intercessors and that his Holy Spirit will even come upon us. And there will become a spirit of prayer and that people begin to pray and intercede and pray, pray down, <laughs> pray down the power, as the old timers used to say, and pray until we see that heaven sent revival that we so desperately need. Well, I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. We're talking about the characteristics of a heaven-sent revival. Uh, I want to recommend a book. Um, even though I wrote this book, uh, some uh, let's see, 2019, I believe it was published. So this is 23, so it's almost four years old. Amazed. And, um, and very familiar with all the contents. I did the research and the writing and so on. But yet I picked it up today, and my heart was very stirred and moved. It's called 1726. 1726, that's the name of the book. The subtitle is The Year That Defined America. Of course, 1726 was the year that the Great Awakening began in colonial America. So I highly recommend that you get a copy of this book. Get a copy for your poster. Get a copy for someone, a public school teacher who teach, especially if they teach history and American history. And uh, let's get out the truth. The truth will make people free. So that is 1726, the year that defined America. I highly recommend it. It is also available on our website at eddiehyatt.com. You'll also find uh, contact information on our website. And I will look forward to being with you again tomorrow.